You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hey everybody, it's the Pimp Cron, and welcome to the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. Where we aim to ignite the flame of hobby in each and every one of you, this is episode number 40, and we have a ton of different things to discuss, which is probably why you tuned in. So, let's dissect exactly what we're covering tonight. We have a Let's Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, with actually Loremaster Alex is joining me on that, and we discuss some of the new warbands that we're making and we're inspired to make. And um, a little bit of discussion about bits and things like that. We also have a Test Rock mailbox where two of our listeners take us to task over the Start Collecting Deathmatch tournament that we're doing currently. Which also brings me to the Real Talk section of this episode where we are part two of three of the 40k Start Collecting Deathmatch tournament. And we're, I'm curious to see if Eldar can hold on to this title. They ended up winning at the end of the first tournament, the first round, and now this is the second section of these games. So we'll see if they they can hold on to that title. Honestly, I'm not a big fan of Eldar, so I hope they get taken down. Um, Then we also have a, well, here's an idea with Just James and Loremaster Alex, and we discuss, do kit bashes actually hurt the resale value of your army when or if you ever choose to sell it? And that could actually be a very important topic for a lot of you. Um, I have a lot of experience in eBay. Uh, back in the day, I used to eBay Warhammer a lot. And uh, I don't do it anymore, but I know what sells and what doesn't sell. So we'll discuss that. And finally, there's a Want That or Not, the Scorpius Disintegrator with Loremaster Alex and Just James. Again, the three of us discuss that new ship for uh, Admech, or specifically Skitari. And... That is it for the show, so I am going to briefly cover what I have been up to for the last week since the last episode, and I am waist deep in the brutality skirmish war game novel that we are, uh, that I am writing, and I am about, uh, I gauge about 12% through that. I've gotten, I don't know, 12,000 words or so down. And that's amongst all of my other things that I've been doing, um, including making a podcast. And that is all of my hobby time, honestly. I'm, I've worked like 65 hours last week and still was able to get, you know, thousands of words down, which is pretty awesome. Um, now, I am neglecting my family and friends. So um, I just locked myself in a room up in the attic and my children and wife don't see me at all. So that's they just hear the, the clickety-clack of the, of the keyboard and... Um, occasionally we have a, um, a dummy waiter in the wall and they will just hoist some coffee up to me. And that's basically how I live right now. Um, unfortunately I have to actually, uh, stick my butt out the window and crap in the yard because I refuse to leave to use the restroom. So if that was too much information, then you are at the wrong podcast, my friend, because all it is is butt jokes all the time because that's the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. And uh, we're real. We're raw. We're real. Um, you know, I actually don't use any filters. I don't wear makeup when I do this. So this is the the pure, unadulterated Pimpcron. 100%. Anyway, now that I'm done being silly, let's get on with this podcast. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. 
Welcome to another edition of the Tesseract Mailbox. I am the Pimpcron, and we have uh, a bunch of readers jumping on the same topic this week and emailing me. So both of these are from pimpcron at gmail.com, and they both found an error or a flaw in our Start Collecting Death Box, a uh, Deathmatch, Start Collecting Box Deathmatch, and maybe we should see what they have to say. So the first email is says, this is from Donnie, and it says, Hey, Mr. Cron, I have been enjoying your show, but I wanted to point out something about your Start Collecting Deathmatch. All of the boxes are different points, ranging from roughly 500 to 600 points, so probably whoever has the highest points are going to win. Just wanted to mention that. Stay groovy, Donnie. So first of all, I'd like to reply to this message. Um, I, in fact, do intend on staying groovy. Thank you for writing in, Donnie. Um, and also, I am aware that the points are different for the start collecting boxes, but you sweet summer child, you think that Warhammer 40k or any product that GW makes is so fine-tuned and tightly balanced that a hundred points difference is really going to make a difference. I don't think so. Uh, and, um, of course I'm joking with you, Donnie, but seriously though, I really don't think it would necessarily matter. I think there's several different unit choices and things like that that you could take that would be, you know, the 500 points. And then you could take things that are much crapper, crappier than those 500 points, and those other things add up to 600. And the 500 would probably still win. So, um, a lot of developers kind of hide behind the fact that it's a dice game, and they think that's a license to not have to completely balance their game, which, you know, I disagree with, but... Um, thank you for pointing it out, though, but um, Just James actually did mention that to me. He's like, well, you know, not all these are the same, but I'm like, dude, I love the Start Collecting. They're so cool, and it's basically a pre-made list. I mean, we could go through and, you know, make lists for each one, uh, and that might actually be kind of fun. Do a, uh, a mini-tournament where we make a list for each army, and, you know, like the best list that we could for X amount of points, make them the exact same number of points. That actually could be pretty fun. But for the time being, we're just going with whatever is pictured on the start collecting box. So uh, I just really don't think it's going to matter that much. It really depends on what's in the box and not the points. Because a 100-point swing, eh, not worried about it. So the second message is from James. It's not just James, but it's James. James H. Hi. First off, I am emailing you to tell you that I have been enjoying your podcast a great deal. I would ask that you please include more hobby-related material. I enjoyed your episode of basing, even if it was well-worn terrain. Hmm. Uh, so I think he's saying that what we brought up was nothing new. Well, actually, in the next line, he says, I'm sure it helped somebody. <laughs> so, sounds like me, sounds to me like he knows a great, good deal about basing, and maybe we didn't exactly light the world on fire, but... You know, honestly, it's it's fun to sit back and do things that are just kind of a recap for noobs or, you know, some things you don't come up with, you don't think of, you know. Um, so anyway, he did enjoy it, but it was uh, well-worn terrain, he said. Secondly, the start collecting boxes are different points worth of models. I wouldn't say that it is a fair fight necessarily. Keep up the good work, James H. So, I... I have already addressed this with the points, but um, once again, I just don't think this game is that finely tuned that it's going to matter at all. But 
As always, I do appreciate both of you writing in, Donnie and James, and please keep that going at pimpcron at gmail.com and uh, facebook.com slash pimpcron, and of course the voicemail which our friend Grendel called into, and occasionally we get a phone call into. Um, that's in the show notes, that number is. So um, just keep them coming, keep the voicemails and the emails coming, because I always love to talk to you guys, and um, you know, call us out. If we, uh, you know, if we have a discrepancy or something that we don't know about, or, you know, it's potential that we didn't know about the dif- different points for start collecting. But, um, just James did already mention it, but I was like, screw it. We're doing it. We're doing it live. And, uh, I, I pulled a Bill O'Reilly on him. So that's it for the test rock mailbox. Let's move on to the next segment. Want that or want that not. This is a well... No, it's not. It's a Want That or Want That Not with Pimp Cron and Loremaster Alex and Just James. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Hello, lady. Okay, someone's a fan of the Animaniacs. <laughs> so, hello, nurse. Yeah. Um. So we are talking about the Scorpius Disintegrator today for Adeptus Mechanicus. Um. So what are your guys' first uh, thoughts on this? This is the tank version and not the transport version. It looks like something uh, that Monty Python would have created for the British military. <laughs> That's just my idea. It, it definitely is very reminiscent of, like, uh, if anybody here is a Battletech player, they used to have these hovercraft tanks. No. And it looks it looks a lot like, uh, a lot similar to one of those kind of vehicles. But uh, I like it. You know, it definitely fits into the AdMech motif. What about you, Jess James? Uh, I like it. Uh, it's, uh, got guns on it, and it floats, and it's a vehicle for, you know, the Skitari. What's interesting to me is how on earth is this going to be any different from the Dune Crawler? I mean, obviously, I mean in Battlefield role. Like, okay, it's, it's a tank, so is the Dune Crawler. It's got guns, so does the Dune Crawler. Like, what is the, well, why, why make another one of these that's a tank? Well, look at the Dune Crawler. It's a slow-moving, uh, tank. Compared to this guy, which I'm betting is probably going to be a... The stat line is going to be a little weaker compared to, like, the toughness of a dune crawler. But faster. But faster. Because it's, it's a hovercraft. You know what I mean? Hovercrafts are built to go fast. Uh, it Plus, actually I looks bulkier you... than the dune crawler. So it's probably going to be tougher. It um, might be... Actually, it might, I think the other way. I think it's going to go slower. But it can, you know... It has the fly keyword so it can back out of combat uh, and shoot and all that. But it's going to be tougher to kill. I don't know about the fly keyword. I mean, technically, it is flying, but... Real cannot, low to the ground. I cannot see that thing jump in a building. Maybe ignore <laughs> difficult terrain. I don't know. I don't know. Is difficult terrain still a rule? No, it, no it's no. not. So I guess it can't Get with the that. times, man. Yeah. But I do... Thank I you, did, I did You had to roll 2d6. Sorry. You had to walk 2d6? You had to roll 2d6. Oh. Um, we, we had to walk 2d6, both hills, both ways, whatever. Yeah, in the snow, with no shoes. Alright, so the, um, I do like that the profile is com- kind of reminiscent of the Rhino, with the angles on it and everything, so it kind of looks like... You know what, you're right, you know, it does actually look kind of like a modified Rhino. Yeah, or at least the old version of the Rhinos, you know, when they had that plate on the side, but also, um, hover technology is, is kind of cool. I mean, this looks like a legitimate... Air hovercraft, not like a the land repul- speeder the or the repulsor or something like that. This is legitimately blowing air out the back of it or yeah. bottom of it. Oh, how do you know that? 
Well, it's got that skirt. I mean, it looks like it. It looks like it's got that rubber skirt that hovercraft have. It looks like a reinforced skirt, too. I think so there might be... might be, like, metal plates protecting the rubber. Yeah, I think something underneath of it that could jetpack it up, you know. Up and over, up and over. It could just be a bunch of servitors carrying it. That's true. Yeah, we would have a do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's obviously got ordnance on it. It's got a heavy stubber, some sort of big cannon that's reminiscent somewhat of an auto cannon. And then probably... Honestly, it's probably the disintegrator cannon, similar to what the, uh, the Doom Crawler has. Uh, no, it, it's different than any other of the uh, uh, weapons that any of the other uh, vehicles have. Oh, well, it's got at least three, but probably six missiles on it, too. So. Yeah, which I don't know how effective those missiles are going to be pointing directly at your target. Because usually you kind of want to get a little bit of like arc on them. Well, you know that those things could shoot out and go behind it in this edition. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, that's all irrelevant. It's got like a fishing line attached to the back of it, like a, <laughs> like a tow missile. So, uh, all in all, um, Just James is the only one that actually has a Skitari army. We'll start with you. Would do you want this or want this not? Uh, I want it. Okay, Lormaster. I like it. I, I'd probably want it so I could do some conversions with it, just because you know how I am. Um, I could definitely see a Lehman Russ being built out of that monstrosity. So my, my first gut reaction was I hated it, but the more I look at it, I actually think I like it. I like the hover aspect of it. Um, it's kind of cool. I, I don't know what specifically I like about it, but it's pretty neat looking, and it's definitely different. It doesn't look like a Space Marine vehicle. It doesn't look, you know... It, it's it, not another Rhino chassis. Yeah. I you mean, know? It, it has some elements of the Rhino, but it's definitely a new thing. So I think I would actually want that as well. So that is three want-bats on the Scorpius Disintegrator. Now, here's an idea. This is, well, here's an idea. I am the Pimpcron. This is the Just James, and this is the Lore Master Alex. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey. All right. You should really lay off the crap. (laughs) So what we wanted to talk about is, are your kit bashes going to hurt the resale of your army? So... Let's start off with, um, you, you had a, a good incident that you talked about. Uh, he, he's talking to me, just James. Um, well, I expected you just to reply, so. Well, he said you, and that, there's two people besides him in the room. But I anyway. I only refer to Loremaster as it, um, not you. So. Reek. They call me Reek. <laughs> <coughs> uh. Somebody was. I was talking to somebody about their army that they were trying to sell. Uh, I think they actually sold it, but I don't, not for what they wanted. I don't know how much it was, but they, I was asking about the army. It was Space Marines, but they, you know, added extra detail to it, like like uh, torn up Tyranids and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I said, oh, that probably hurt your um, resale because people probably just want regular looking. Yeah, you know, Space Marines. Yeah. Nothing special on them. And, you know, I often wonder how oftentimes people already own the army and they just want to bulk up their their numbers. Yes. And I think that's where it hurts you. Is like, you know, I always come up with my own chapters. You guys do too. I mean, we none of us play like Ultramarines or anything like that. We've come up with our own chapters. And I do a lot of heavy you, customization. Yeah, you, you do a lot of kitbash and things like that. And um, besides my Celestial Lions, that's the only actual faction i've ever painted you know everyone else is a custom so if you paint your armies um number one painting your armies can be a drawback to selling your army 
Yes. Because why do you think I never paint? <laughs> everybody wants plastic. They just yeah. want raw plastic, you know? And so they don't have to strip it or paint over it or whatever. But especially, it's even worse if you paint your own chapter because then it definitely needs to be stripped. Because what are the odds of someone buying it when they've got yellow and pink or whatever their co- color scheme is, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you actually, I often thought about this. If you were really worried about reselling your army, um, do exactly what GW tells you to do. Use the base coat they use, use the highlights they use, use the wash they use, and paint it exactly like they want you to. Because then somebody literally that does also play Space Marines, uh, Ultramarines, if you choose to sell it, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, shit, yes, I'll, I'll buy that. Right. Um, and then you probably also don't want to base, want to base the models. That, yeah, that's be- true. Because it's not going to match their basing. Nope. Right. So, you know, a lot of people seem to um, go between armies a lot. They'll, they'll buy and sell armies left and right. And um, if you're going to do that, then paint the standard colors and don't base. Now, what about your situation, Loremaster, where your your guard army is like 100% kitbashed? Yeah. With 3D printed guns and all kinds of stuff. Why well, I, I intend to have a Viking funeral and for that to be put on the longboat. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't plan on ever selling that shit. Um, however, when I, I, I originally played uh, Space Marines. Uh, and I played a custom chapter of Blood Angels, used my own paint scheme, my own customization, really did a lot of heavy kit work. It became a problem because it was when I decided to get out of them, it was like, oh, crap, how am I going to sell all this stuff? At the time, I had 4,000 points of customized Space Marines. Uh-huh. Plus, I already started working on making my Imperial Guardsman army that was all supposed to be like Bretonian uh, men-at-arms with LAS guns. Uh-huh. You know, and I was lucky. Because I was at uh, Shorehammer. You know, I lucked out with my guardsmen because somebody saw that. I was like, oh, man, I've been wanting to work on that with my guardsmen. That's so cool. And bought them, like, in mass, you know. But, you know, I guarantee you would have gotten more if you were the standard Blood Angels colors. Or, or the... standard Cadians, yes. you know. And, um, honestly... Yeah, I definitely didn't make what I was hoping. But I, I was still able to sell all of it, which is what mattered. So what's interesting, though, is that your guardsmen army is 100% kitbashed. But honestly, if you ever went to sell it, I think that would hurt the value of it. And the only reason why is because your guardsmen look awesome. I love your AK-47s and all the 3D printed bits and all the stuff that you put on it. Absolutely a fan of it. But if people think the way that I do, I would look at your army and I might still buy it, but I wouldn't pay as much for it because I'm thinking, oh shit, what am I getting into if I want to add to this army? Then I'm going to have to buy legs from this company and a gun from this company and and it doesn't seem expandable unless they already knew all the companies you use. You know what I mean? And it's like, I think that would still hurt your price. Despite oh, yeah, absolutely. Your, despite your models looking way cool. It just... No, no, no. I agree 100% that I'm never going to be able to resell this army. Yeah. But I don't want to. Like, this army is my do or die. If I actually get out of the... If I ever sell this army, you can assume that I'm never playing Warhammer again. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, so what are the takeaways here? If you're planning on selling your army, if you're one of those people that, that um, chase the hotness, like, oh, shit, uh, whatever's the new hotness, and I'm probably going to sell this later, which probably none of those people are listening to this podcast. Keep but, it simple. So don't base them. Yeah. Don't paint them. If you do paint them, paint them standard colors. And for the love of God, follow the design layout they have on the front box. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Nothing crazy like pulling apart Tyranid heads or or custom... 3D printed guns and... None of that. Yeah. You just want it standard. Yeah. yeah. Keep it simple. So, 
All right. Thank you for being on, both of you. I appreciate it. You're not welcome. I expect compensation later. No. Tonight. No. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. All right, next up, and I forgot what round this is. <laughs> six? Seven? We'll go with six. Hold on a second. This is round... So this is round seven of our Battle Royale. And the Eldar are holding their own so far. They just completely creamed the orcs. So next up, we have the Skitari start collecting. What's a god in it, Mr. James? It's got... Mr. J. <laughs> it has a dune crawler equipped with a eradication beamer and a heavy stubber. Then it has ten uh, rangers. One has a transuranic arquebus. One has a... Transatlantic? Plasma ca- car- caliber? Calib- whatever? Caliber? I don't know. Uh, Cal- I play this Junior. Uh, <laughs> then the Alpha has a Power Maul and pistol, some type of pistol. Okay, so uh, it's... Then, uh, then also has Tech Priest Dominus. Okay, so shooting phase. Um, these guys definitely have a lot of shooting. Yes, but isn't it strength three? The the infantry. Uh no, this is this is strength four, and on sixes, it does. Oh, don't, you don't remember? Because I, I don't play range. Rangers aren't that great. Mm. I mean, they got the strength four rapid fire thirty. You're a whack player. I get it. Yeah, but the, I like the vanguard stuff. better because not only do they have the three shot strength three, and on sixes it does extra whatever <laughs> uh but also in close combat when you're within an inch of them you're minus one to your toughness that's nice so uh i see a plasma in there and things like that what, what's that dune crawler doing in range um it could take out or it could hurt the wraith lord it's strength eight i think it has two two Profile. different profiles um uh, depending on the the distance of the enemy, I believe. Oh, um, it, does it get better with distance or worse with distance? Wor- worse. That's bad for them because the Eldar have those twelve inch strength ten minus four d six damage. So, but pre- we're also saying that everybody's within sure two inches, so it's getting the better. But it's only one shot or something like that. Oh, or d- one shot might be d three because it's a bigger eradication beamer than so one shot. Uh. <laughs> And then you got the three shots from the heavy stubber. Oh shit! Yeah. Well, Eldar lose. Uh, and the tech priest Dominus, I, I don't. He's got two guns, but I don't think they're really going to do that much. They might take out. I, th- I think he might have the eradication ray, and that also is a range thing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that could probably take out a couple wraith guard or put a couple wounds on the wraith lord. But they're not going to do that much in shooting, unfortunately, against the uh, craft world. Mm-hmm. Um, because toughness six, toughness eight, t- yeah. just craziness. Yeah. Um, now, with the number of bodies here, it's going to take a little while for the Eldar to kill them. Because, of course, they're going to go after the Dune Crawler first. And 
Yes, they have a six up invuln. Uh which is better than nothing. A five up invuln on the Dune Crawler. And then the Tech Breeze Dominus has a two up save. And it might have a five five up invuln. Hmm. Well, uh so shooting phase who do you think wins on this one? Um I might have to go well, if we're going with damage output, uh-huh. I think it's going to go with Skatari. Because, you know, the uh, the Bright Lances, one shot. Yeah. The the Wraith Cannons, one shot. So, yeah, they, they destroy the, the Dunecrawler. And then they kill... Let's say the five Wraith Cannons are going into the, the uh, dudes. The, sure. They're killing five of them. And they do get their six up in Vol at least. Right? Yes. So, I mean, that's better than nothing. The Skatari are going to be wounding on fives and sixes, mostly sixes. Um, well, the Wraith Guard will be wounded on fives. Because they're only tough six. Yeah. So these guns are strength four, so. Yeah. That's better than nothing. Is there any AP on these guns? Uh, no. Unless I think if you roll a six to wound, it's a minus one AP. Oh, okay. Um,. So overall, I think you're right. The mass shooting would would probably be slightly in the favor of Skitari. Yeah, Just the number of shots. They're and, rapid fire. Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you can make them make enough three-up saves, they're eventually going to lose some. And that arc bus, uh, well, he can't shoot it if he moves, but it can target characters. So, And on sixes, it does uh, mortal wounds as well. So you can take out the Farseer. That's cool. I didn't actually know those guns shot, because I don't think you've ever hit with one. <laughs> I have. Uh, one time. Here's my five guys with the Arkabut. Oh, they didn't hit. It, you only take three of them in the squad. But... Well, you take five. That's how much of a cheater you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're playing. Well, that's because we play open war. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, let's play match play. All right, so um, in melee, um, I don't think the Skatari are going to fare much better at all. Uh, I'm sure they're strength three. Since they're not they're not vanguard, they don't give the minus one to your toughness. Yeah. Uh, they're still strength strength three either way. I mean, they could wound the. Uh, well, the wraith guard are still going to be wounded no matter what because they'll be dropped down to toughness five and they'll be strength three. The guy's got a power maul that'll make him strength five. Okay. But, I mean, and yes, they have their canticles, whatever, but I don't think it's really going to help them that much. Now, I think this leader here, the uh, Tech Priest Ominous, he's not bad in close combat, is he? No, he's, he's got his Mecha Tendrils, and he's got the uh, Power Axe. Yeah, so, I mean, he can actually do something. He Sorry, Amnissian Axe. I believe that's what it's called. But. Oh. Well, um, despite this axe looking like it's not an axe at all because it's a giant cog, yeah. other than that, it's actually pretty powerful. So... Yeah, but it, I don't think it's going to be able to do enough. No, not at all. I, I don't think so. Um, and uh, you know, Wraith Guard are not kit. These Wraith Guard are not kitted out or anything for melee. But still, just in general, they're better than these Rangers and whatnot. Yeah. So, and you know that Dune Dune Crawler is going to be dead after the range phase. So yes. Um. So unfortunately. Yeah. Even though I love Skatari, I think it's going to uh... go down to Craft World. I hate when one army just wins and wins and wins and wins, but it's just what it is. Come to find out, Eldar is really, really powerful. Yeah. So. I also don't like that they 
it's just Guitari. It's not also called Mechanicus as well. Yes, because if you had some of those cataphracty Cataphron Destroyers, Breachers. Yeah. Those, man, those guys have some damage output. Yeah. And they're troops, right? Yes. So, I yep. mean, really, if you're, if you're trying to come up with a list that would be better versus Eldar, obviously ignoring this whole start collecting thing, they would be much better for yeah. troops. Yeah. Um, you have, you have completely eaten my lunch with them before. With all their plasma and, and bullshit and shooting twice or whatever it is, the canical nonsense. No, nah, no. Those are the robots. The ro- yeah, the robots. Yeah, they're bullshit too. I don't yeah. like those. <laughs> and that wraps up round seven. So, who are we fighting next? What poor bastard is going to fight the <laughs> We have the Militarum Tempestus. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know a little bit about these guys. I think, I know that's a Tarox, Tarox, Tarox Prime. Yeah. There's a squad of Tempesters. Uh, t- Tempesters. And then you got the, the Tempestus Command Squad. You also get a Commissar. For some reason. Yeah. yeah. He was like. Just thrown in there. Thrown in there. And then the uh, Tempester Prime. Tempester Prime. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, okay, so these guys are a lot better than, you know, they've got the minus one, they're 18 inches, strength three, rapid fire, blah, 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 right? They... I think their damage output is actually quite a bit better than the Skitari. Okay, so correction, they are AP2, strength 3, and um, 18 inches rapid fire. But what's your gut reaction on this one? Um, the uh, Torox, has, the Torox Prime has a Gatling Cannon. It's um, 20 shots, uh, strength 4, AP nothing, 1 damage. So that's kind of meh. Uh, so the, I, the Craft Wolves will take it. Because the because of their toughness, their toughness this is high enough, so it's gonna it be wounding on fives and sixes. Wounding on fives, even twenty shots. Who cares? And the craft world has a three up save. Yeah. So now, of course, those hot shot guns minus two, whatever does get through on a six, they're you know that's that's helpful, but so it's what five guys, five guys. Two shots each. One of them had a plasma gun. Yeah, and plus you got the command squad too. So they've yeah. got a hot shot and all that. It's got the, it's got the grenade launcher. <laughs> we're laughing and they don't know why we're laughing. <laughs> anyway. So, uh... It's got the grenade launcher, which is stupid. <laughs> and, uh... So, honestly, even in close combat, things only get worse. For the military to test us. Yep. So this is this is quickly uh, reinforcing my hatred for Eldar. That's what this is. I know you play Eldar, and I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Oh so, man, I know. All right, round eight. Round eight. Okay, round eight. J- Just James is better at counting than I am. Okay. Um, not sure this is any better. <laughs> So we got, it's the Start Collecting Tyranids. All right. It's got eight gene stealers. They look to be modeled with, some of them have scything talons? Uh, no, they all have scything talons and rending claws. Okay. We're rolling ones, Holmes. They have that. And then you got the Broodlord. Now, the Broodlord is actually pretty beastly. He's got like six wounds and a four up save, five up invul. He gets like, I'll say five attacks in close combat. And... He's like, I think strength six, minus three, three damage. Huh. I mean, he's, 
I just played him uh, last week, and I hadn't played him in a long time, and I was like, shit, he's, <laughs> he's a baby hive tyrant, is what he is. Against a new guy, too, and he just stomped him hard. Oh, I fucked him so hard. No, yeah. I'm kidding. No. Uh, and then you got a big monster, which is the Trigon Prime. Um, Trigon, Tyr- Tyran Effects. I think it's... Tyr- <laughs> Cheerios, the... Tyr- uh, Tigger. Um, no, that's the um, the Trigon. It doesn't, Trigon. It doesn't have the uh, the little frills on its head. Oh, okay. Head. So it's a regular old Trigon. <sighs> which is even worse for the Tyranids. So, I... not too. I'm not too familiar with most of this stuff so okay so the trigon has just a teeny bit of shooting it's completely inconsequential and it's not gonna do anything to the wraith guard uh then the gene stealers as you know really are good shooters uh (laughs) the the bird lord uh not so much he tries to get people into pyramid schemes and stuff so that's weird uh so clearly the wraith guard are hide your kids hide your wife hide your gene stealers because they're raping everybody up in here that Trigon is like a Scooby-Doo, like, <laughs> and it just dies. Like, there's no... Yeah. Yeah, it's not not cute. So this is... Uh, now, of course, in close combat, sure. Gene Stealers, if they make it that far, they can do something. Okay. They're still wounded on fives. Now, the of course, the Broodlord here is the all-star. But unfortunately, just like... um, Who else did we say was the real all-star, but they just couldn't hold it themselves? Lehman Ross. Yes. You know, like you got one unit that you're you're like, okay, this could do something, but not all alone. Yep. <laughs> so, um, I I see this as kind of like another orc scenario where this is just not going to end well. Yeah. Uh, what do what do Gene Sellers have? Five up in vol now. Yeah, five up in vol. Which is, I mean, better. That's that's actually not too bad. Um. But they're being wounded on twos. Yeah, wounded on twos. So, so who do you think wins the shooting phase for this? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Tyranid, uh, Cra- uh, Craft Worlds. <laughs> Eldar. And uh, then who wins the melee phase? Uh, I mean, it's going to go to Eldar because there's not going to be a whole lot left yeah, the, for the, the Tyranids. Trigon is gone immediately, and most of the Gene Steelers will probably be dead. Because you know the Broodlord will be hidden. They can't shoot him right away. Yeah. And then he's going to come in. He's going to fuck somebody up. And then, meh. Actually, you know what? He would do really well against the um, uh, the Wraith Guard. Straight three damage, minus three, strength six. Yeah. He would mess them up. Oh, yeah. Um, But then everyone else killed him. Yeah. So, now if you get to start collecting box with like four Broodlords, <laughs> then... <laughs> That's what they should do with their start collecting. <laughs> just put the most powerful shit in there. Well, I mean, you can't really say the Broodlord's the most powerful shit, but it's it's decent. Not, well, I'm not just talking about the Broodlord, but like, yeah. start collecting four Wraith Knights. <laughs> yeah. Start collecting cheese. Was this round eight? Yes. Okay. Um, people keep keeping track at home. If James is wrong, write in at pimpcron at gmail.com and let me know, because I'm too lazy to, to recount. <laughs> All right. So, Craft World. Craft wins. World definitely messes up the hive mind, for yeah. sure. Now we get into probably an even worse scenario. Oh. Death Watch. Now, you're the Death Watch player. I am not. Of course, they can have a billion different options. Yeah. But judging by what they have on here, uh, 
which is kind of a foggy picture. Yeah, fuzzy. they blurred it in the back because they're like, they all look the same. Basically. Uh, so we got, so we have the venerable dreadnought with the arm with the plasma cannon. That's going to hurt somebody. Power fist. We don't see what's the underslung weapon. It's probably a bolter. Uh, then you have the watch captain, which used to be a named character, but now he's not. Just a regular old dude with a uh, combi flamer and a power sword. And the war gear on the other guys, we're just going to go with what stands out. Uh, there is a storm shield. I can't see what he's armed with. Obviously, we can go into the... Uh, click on it and look, scroll through the pictures. But we're just going for, with the main picture. Uh, there's a guy with power sword. There's a guy with a heavy thunder hammer. There's a guy with a combi plasma. There's a guy with the infernus heavy bolter. There's a guy with a death watch fry cannon. And might be another plasma or another uh, power sword. Okay, so much to my surprise, as you're saying this, the chances of death, Gar, uh, death uh, watch doing anything at all to Eldar is actually increasing. As you say that, okay, they've got a storm shield, right? Yeah. Well, okay, we already said that the the Eldar have very few shots. So what the Walker has two last cannon shots, essentially. The uh, Wraith Lord has one last cannon shot, essentially, right? Yes. And then you've got five one-shot strength, ten, AP, whatever, fuck you, you know. Yeah. But guess what? There's a bunch of Death Watch. I mean, a, relatively a bunch of Death Watch here. So... Um, that storm shield, of course, if you were kidding this list out to be against Wraithguard, you know, you would bring more storm shields, but just having this one storm shield, now they got five shots, right? Yes. They're likely to only hit with like three of them because they hit on threes and then they're going to wound on two to three of those. Yes. Well, he's got a two thirds chance of tanking these. So... I'm actually shocked as you're explaining this. I'm thinking, wait a second. I thought this was going to be a pitiful battle, but Death Watch, just that one, he can very statistically, probability-wise, he very well could tank all three of those shots. And um, probability-wise, he should die. But he would tank all five Wraith Guard shots. And then you've got the other nine Death Watch. And you know the last cannon shots um, from the uh, Wraith Lord and the Walker are going to go into that Dreadnought. And you said it's a venerable Dreadnought. It's got, what, six-up Feel No Pain? Uh, yeah. And five, he, five of them bomb. No, no. No, just regular six-up. Just six-up Feel No yeah. Pain. And um, don't they have something where you can um, you can tell them to reroll damage? Uh, they have their special issue ammunition. No, no, the, oh, the, the no. Dreadnought. I thought Venerable said you could reroll damage. Or is that just a 6-up feeling no, of pain? No, it's just 6-up six, six feeling of pain. Oh, okay. They do have their chapter tactics thing. Not not chapter, but I forget what it's called. But they choose a battlefield roll, and they, they can reroll ones to wounds. Oh. Uh, so clearly you'd pick heavy for this. Yeah. The, the Walker's heavy, the Wraith Lord's heavy, and the Wraith Guard are elite. Elite. So, you're probably, with that Dreadnought, you're probably going for, uh, whatever. But was it, D3 shots from the Plasma Cannon? Yeah, D3. And they're, how much damage each? Two, three? Well, no, it's just one. No way. Plasma Cannon? Yeah, you just gotta, you gotta overcharge it to get, uh, two. Well, 
he's dead anyway, so I would overcharge him. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so his damage output's not great, but hopefully you could start hurting that Wraith Lord or something like that. Um, what about the special issue ammunition on uh, the Death Watch? What could they do? Uh, so you got one that ignores cover. Okay. You've got one that sh- can go add six inches to the range. And it, do- it does plus one to the invuln. Then you have one that is six inch shorter range and it does plus two to the... Did I say plus one to the invuln? You said plus one to the invuln. No, I was, I I was mean, curious. Plus like, one to the AP. Oh, I was like, it gives them an invuln? <laughs> Shit! <laughs> Uh, Great! At all these Death Watch, I'm the dude that gives the enemy plus one involved. Fuck me! Great. When I shoot at these guys, they don't die. Um, then one that's six inches shorter, but it's plus two to the AP. Hmm. But with what it looks like, it's all jumbled up in there. It looks like they don't have that much bolters, that many bolters to them. Yeah. They did the newbie Death Watch thing where every per- every person's a snowflake and I've got this, not no two Death Watch are made the same. They're all, oh, we're all different equipment and no cohesion, no cohesion or coherency or cohesion Cambrian. Uh, or Cambria. Is it Cambria? Yeah. I just can't say anything right. Um, yeah, uh, I think there is one that there's a bolt gun shot that's two up to wound. What? Yeah. Okay. Now we're talking. But it's no AP. I don't give a shit. That toughness six is such a hard thing to crack. But like I said, it doesn't look like they don't have that many bolters. Okay. To we got to look harder because this is, this is actually, I mean, death watch actually seems like they, they, they're almost standing a chance here because the Wraith Guard, you can say probability-wise, they're going to kill the Storm Shield dude, but it's going to take their entire round of shooting to do it. And he will probably tank two out of three of the hits. Right? Uh-huh. Um, so then you've got the rest of the Death Guard guys. you got a Heavy Flamer in there. you got a bunch of stuff. And uh, not to mention the Venerable Dreadnought's going to be doing something. Um, I mean, exactly what with D3 shots? Who knows? But it's going to be taking something out. Now, you had something you wanted to bring up about this, and, and what weapon specifically strikes your fancy? The Death Watch Frag Cannon? Yes. That thing that I fucking hate? Yeah. Oh, why do you hate it? I hate it because you know why. You know why. The very first time I ever played my Gene Stealer Call... This was last edition. Well, sure. But I assume it's just as shitty now. Um, I played my Gene Stealer Call the very first time ever. This was years ago when Death Watch just came out and Gene Stealer Call just came out. And, um... Uh, right? You're looking at me like I'm wrong. Didn't they come out right. at the same you're, time? Yeah, okay. you're correct. She's blankly I'm looking at me like, like, this dude's full of shit. Uh, so anyway, uh, I was like, oh, I'm gonna do my call ambush and all this stuff, and all I, you know, my memory's not very good, but I remember that you're like, oh, brr, delete, brr, delete, brr, and just whole units wiped off the board. Now this is why. Because last edition, you went to charge my guys. And I had the I had four Death Watch uh, frag cannons, do, which do flamer, uh-huh. which is the wall of death. Uh-huh. Doesn't matter the range. This edition, it's eight inch range, and it does matter. So if you're outside of that eight inches, you're not going to get that Overwatch. True, but how often am I going to try for an over eight inch charge? Especially when you got four freaking flamers sitting there. It's 
it's still I mean if if you know you're gonna get automatically hit would you risk it Ugh. if I have four of them I don't know man it's just it's a tough call and yeah Gene Stiller called we're like we're covered in paper and you just, <laughs> you just yeah we're mush now so we gotta think really hard about this matchup because the Death Watch I, I can't believe I'm saying this but they actually have a decent chance so there's there was uh, four bolt gun, the two of them combi. Uh, then there's the watch captain that had a combi bolt gun. Uh-huh. So with that two up to wound, two up to wound uh, with a special issue ammunition. Yes. Um, that's what ten rapid fire shots, wounded on twos. Correct. And then the frag launcher, if you use that or whatever it's called, the death watch frag cannon. Frag cannon. That strength six, two d six auto hits. Is there any AP? Minus one. Okay. Strength six, minus one, one damage. That, my friend, is a Wraith Guard killer right there. That is, especially if you can take four. But um. But it's only one. I know. But, but I'm just saying. it's still 2d6. Good God. 2d6 auto hits? Yes. I mean, so let's think about this for a second. 2d6 auto hits, right? On average, you're going to get seven hits. Wound on fours. You're going to do three, three wounds, roughly. Three or four wounds, right? And it's minus one. Uh... So they're gonna take two wounds for the Death Guard. It's not as good as I thought, actually. What if we did the two shots at it's uh strength nine? Strength seven well Yeah, within half of the range it's strength nine. We're assuming it is, yeah. Minus uh two two damage. Three three yeah, two damage. So the AP now the AP becomes three uh so, yeah, strength nine and then AP three, but two damage. So there's two shots, strength nine. You're probably going to hit on t- both of them, and you'll probably wound on both of them. That's two. And then minus three? Minus three. So actually, that would be the better choice, unless you roll shit, of course. But with a three up, three up, that's not great odds, honestly. I would rather take my chance with the 2d6, but then, of course, you roll a two or something stupid, you know, with your auto hits. Yeah. I mean, so if you could get twelve auto hits, but that... the the race guards were toughness three or wound, three wounds. Three wounds. So you're only going to kill one of them. Kill one, probably, yeah. With um, the uh, strength nine, or uh, you... one and then wound another. Four damage total is what we think. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, this is not Age of Sorry, dummy. I know, God. So this guy, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> He just looked at the laptop like you're all watching us. This isn't a... <laughs> this this did, guy over here, he am I right? He did the whole thumb thing where he's like shaking his thumb at me like he's hitchhiking. Uh, anyway, uh, so I guess ultimately I think Eldar are probably going to win. Although you said they had the hammer too. The heavy thunder hammer. Dude, that hammer's a, uh, a bitch too. Yeah. Uh... So what's the stats of that hammer there? Just James? It is times two strength, making them strength eight. Uh-huh. Minus three AP. Uh-huh. D6 damage. It is minus one to hit, though. But Ugh. for each roll of a uh, a wound roll of a six plus, it does a straight six damage. Now, straight six damage is awesome. But the D6 damage, I'm not a big fan of. I would rather have, like, the regular straight three damage from a Thunderhammer versus the D6 damage. Yes, because like uh, you can roll a one or a two. Of course, I mean you got a fifty percent chance of 
doing equal or worse than a normal thunder hammer. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, it should be like those weapons that say, uh, it's D six, but ones or twos counted are counted as, as three. three. Yeah. Yeah. So man, this is still, my gut reaction is that Eldar is still eventually going to win. Yes. But with the two up to wound and the frag cannon, the frag cannon launcher or whatever, and the plasma cannon, and the, the hammer. The heavy bolter and heavy flamer. The heavy bolter, heavy flamer. I mean, seriously. The Death Watch. They're going to put a hurting on them. But Death Watch are only one wound. They're only one wound. And they're three Tough, up save. Toughness four, three up save. So, I hate to say this, but I think Eldar get it in the end. But this was the best contender versus Eldar we've had. So far, yeah. I mean, man, who would have thought that? Death Watch actually doing something. It always. <laughs> It always feels like they're so expensive, and they're so... I mean, sure, you can kit them out to be whatever you want, but then you gotta make choices, and then everyone wants to make every model different, and it's just... It's a mess. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to give every model special weapons, and then they get too expensive, and then... Yeah, it would have been better if they were, like, custodes or something like that, where they have uh, better toughness and more wounds to make them, like, more specialized characters. Yeah. Now, um, was this round nine? This was round... I think it was nine. Sure. Okay, round nine. I've lost count. So, Eldar are on a winning streak with round nine. Round ten does not look like it's getting better. So you've got Space Wolves. Space Wolves. With three Thunderwolf cavalry. They look to be armed with... I see a chainsword. There's one... Actually, they've got two Storm Shields. Uh, two storm shields. Okay. Oh. Um. Uh. So then you have the wolf lord with the storm bolter and power sword. Uh. Then you have ten gray hunters. Uh. Can't really tell the war gear. Okay. As far as war gear, they have. Uh. I see a plasma gun. I see the sergeant has a power fist. Um. That's about it. I can't really see anything else. Yeah. So, obviously, shooting is going to be at a premium here for Space Wolves. Because nothing they brought right here. They don't have any, um, uh, what are they called? Long fangs. They don't have anything like that. No, long fangs, nothing like that, yeah. So, and honestly, um, you know, two Thunderwolf Cavalry is toughness, toughness five and then four wounds, I think. I think yeah, and they they are not too bad in close combat with the um the extra three attacks or something from the mount and then the guys attacks yeah and uh, and the two storm shields is definitely doing them some favors as far as durability. I see a chain sword. I see another. They got three chain swords, which is la di da. They're getting what uh, two attacks each and three with the sergeant, and then another three each with the thunder wolf, which is strength five minus one. I think. Um, it's not bad. It's just not great. But hitting on twos when they charge or get charged. That's nice. that's actually a pretty decent Yeah. That kinda makes up for the uh and you know, even the power fist dude, the sergeant, he's hitting on threes that turn. Yeah. Like Unfortunately, just like we said before, I'm I'm actually pretty confident that those Thunderwolf cavalry might be able to tank all of those Wraith Guard, because we said before about the whole Thunder uh, Storm Shield thing, right? That 
those five Wraith Guard, only three are probably going to hit, and probably three are going to wound. And then it's a two-thirds chance of the Storm Shield, so probably one will go through. And then, of course, it's, what, D6 damage or whatever. Yeah. So it could kill the Thunderwolf. But honestly, I think they're going to survive. All three Thunderwolves. Uh, one might be injured, but... Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good odds of surviving. Um, uh, I don't know. Would you kill the non-Storm Shield guy first, or would you... You'd have to kill the, the Storm Shield guys first, because you want that invul. It's whoever you're taking the save on. No, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to have to... Um, but I guarantee, even if they lose one Thunder Wolf, like, they're still going to have another Storm Shield, which is huge against these big monstrous craft world. Um, the, the biggest problem I see with this is there's no long fangs in this box. There's nothing that's real heavy hitting shooting. Yeah. You know? And yeah. then it's like, um, now the problem is too, here's another issue. There in the other boxes, we had something else that would, um, the Walker and the Wraith Lord would probably focus their Laz Cannon-esque guns on. The problem here now is that the Thunderwolf is the big thing. So while they might be able to tank all the five shots of the Wraith Guard, then they've got three other last cannon shots to contend with. Yes. And I mean, you're just hoping you're getting lucky on those three, 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 three rolls. Yeah. So, um, wounding on twos though, I mean, hitting on twos is pretty awesome, but with almost no AP, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta frost sword or some bullshit with that Lord. Okay. Like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, eh, it's not really. He's got four up in Vol. Yeah. I don't feel like... Because they're wounding everything on fives. Except for the Power Fist. Everything else is fives. And they don't have any really good shooting. Even the Thunderwolf Cavalry is wounded on fives. Because they're strength five. So I really don't see that they have a good chance. Certainly, melee will be their good turn. But, meh. They, yeah, they're not going to do too much. They're not going to... Even hitting on twos. Now, you do have the Lord there, so we roll on ones to hit. You're, in theory, almost guaranteeing all your attacks hit, yeah. which is pretty good. But when you're not supported by the ranged turn, and you're relying purely on melee, you know? If they had a tank or something to soak up some of those heavier shots, that'd be different. But a couple Thunderwolf, even with Storm Shields, man, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to go to the craft world. Oh my god, yes. I think it's the craft world, and I love Space Wolves. Like, I, I would love to see them beat the shit out. I want somebody. We need a hero, James. We need a hero. <laughs> we need a hero. Something, I don't know the rest of the song. Good thing he sang that song, because I would have never got that reference. <laughs> uh, well, actually, I was thinking at first, like, Batman. Like, you know, there's like, this the hero we deserve, is what I was thinking of. And then it reminded me of the song. I need a hero, which I don't know what that's from. Uh, so the next one is, uh, <laughs> who is it? I don't know. So space wolves get euthanized. Yeah. Okay. Oh, much better. Blood angels. <laughs> Blood angels. You get the, the ball predator. Bow predator. The bow predator. And he's got two heavy bolters and the assault cannons. The assault cannons are strength six, minus one, uh, 12 shots. So yes. that's not bad. Yep, and then you got strength th uh, six, strength five, minus one, one shots. That's not or bad. One damage. Uh, then you have you got a Terminator Captain with a Thunder Hammer and a uh, Storm Bolter. Then you have ten 
attack marines. Um, and that's it. Yeah, what are they armed with? They are armed with um, one has a melta gun. The sergeant has a flamer and a power fist, and they also have a heavy flamer in there as well. That's a sergeant. Okay, you were, it looked like you were looking in the middle there. But... No, okay. I, I was just moving the picture. Um, so obviously that thunder hammer captain's gonna fuck somebody up. Yeah, then they get plus one to wound. Plus one to wound, so he charge, is wounding or... on twos. Yes. So at minus three, straight three damage. That's actually better odds than the Death Watch guy. Unfortunately, minus the, one to hit. The bolters are not going to do much. I mean, if you're going to put a thunder hammer, put it on your lord anyway, because he's hitting on twos. So hitting on threes is still pretty darn good. Yes. I uh, gets four or five attacks, something like that. Four attacks. And uh, but now, of course. The Blood Angels are doing a little better than the Space Wolves because the Space Wolves had almost no shooting to speak of. Any whatever. But that, that Bowel Predator is um, it's not anything to really ignore. 12 strength, 6 minus 1 shots against the Wraith Guard. Put that all into the Wraith Guard, you're going to take out quite a bit. And then the 6 Heavy Bolter shots with minus 1. I mean, wounded on 5s, but minus 1. I don't know. I think you definitely take out some Wraith Guard with that. The problem is, is that you still have the Farseer, which I mean, the Farseer I'm not worried about with, really. But the uh, Wraith Lord and yeah, the, the Wraith Lord, Tufton State Wraith Lord. Yeah. And then that's yeah. where the Thunder Hammer comes in, because he'll be wounded on fours, but actually he's wounded on threes. Yep. And the Wraith Lord doesn't have an involve, does he? No, he doesn't. Well, fuck you, Wraith Lord. <laughs> he's got four wounds. Four wounds. Yeah. The Wraith Lord. Yeah. No way. Pretty. Nope, the uh, Wraith Lord is 10 wounds, but man, you get four attacks, hitting on threes, wounded on twos, or wounded on threes, and he essentially doesn't get a save. I mean, he'll get six ups, but if you rolled well and he rolled shitty, you could kill that Wraith Lord in one turn. Yeah. With the captain. And that's a big deal. Uh, Not to mention, you know, the Blood Angels have another thing going for them to help deal with this Eldar the Space Wolves didn't. They might be hitting on threes, but they're wounding on fours. Yeah. They're wounded on fours. I mean, not much to AP. Um, Power Fist is in there, though. I'm actually feeling... Uh Uh-oh. At at first, I laughed about Uh the Blood Angels. What do you think? They fare better than the the Space Wolves in shooting, right? Right. And actually, given the Toughness 6 issue with the Craft World, Blood Angels are helping to negate that. Plus one to wound's a huge deal. Yep. Especially when you've got a power fist and a thunder hammer in your army, and the thunder hammer's on a captain, re-rolling ones to hit, so he's hitting on threes, re-rolling ones. Man, I don't know. Um, yeah, and he's protected by the uh, character rule, so they can't shoot at him. Yep. And they're not going to do enough damage in shooting to take out. Absolutely not. Uh, the tech marines to block them. I mean, even if all five shots hit, right? And all three Laz Cannon shots hit from the Walker and the Wraith Lord. That's only eight wounds. Maximum. If they hit and wounded everything. Right? Yeah. Well, there's still two guys left. I mean, and their leadership's probably eight with the Sergeant. You keep the Sergeant with the Power Fist. And then you can probably mitigate the um, the Battle Shock or whatever. So you should, at the end of the day, you should still have your Power Fist and your Thunder Hammer. 
And meanwhile, your uh, Val Predator has been tearing up the Wraith Guard, hopefully, doing some damage on them. You get that Power Fist in with the Wraith Guard. You get the Thunder Hammer in with the Wraith Lord. It's not too bad. Um, do they really have the mileage to... Now, I'm, I'm rephrasing it. This is, I think, the closest battle. Because Wraith Guard's number of shots really hurt them. But the Blood Angels do have a, a, a benefit of the plus one to wound. So what do you think? What do you th this is almost this is almost like a 50-50 chance, honestly. It would really, to me, come down to rolling. Did you roll garbage? Did you roll well? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, rolling well would basically make you Space Wolves. You're hitting on twos, essentially, if you rolled well. You know, it's like... Uh, so the Predator is shooting into the Wraith Guard. The The guys are probably... The Attack Marines are also shooting into the Wraith Guard. Because sure. that's the easiest to kill. Yeah. And just hope for some wounds. Yeah. Uh, that Sergeant's going to have three attacks. Hitting on... Uh, he's only hitting on fours, but he's rolling ones. Mm. Two attacks. He's you, probably... You think we should math hammer it? Sure, go ahead. Because the Walker I'm not concerned about, and the Farseer I'm not even concerned about. Like, Farseers, I've beat their beat their face in every single time I've ever been in close combat with a Farseer. Like, they're just not... Four pinball, sure, toughness three, whatever. Like, it's... They're they're prissy elf elf people. Yeah. Um, So, let's do the 12 shots. Of course, shots. it's... Of course, you know, we're not choosing any psychic powers for him. Sure, yeah. So... Just assume he's got Smite, which is also gonna hurt, but... Okay, so let me see what we can, they can do with the uh, Wraith Guard. Twelve shots, hitting on threes, that's nine shot, nine hits. And then wounding, you'd be wounding four to five times with minus one. So the Wraith Guard would take two to three damage. So if you rolled well, and they rolled kind of bad, you could pretty reliably kill one Wraith Guard. So, okay, you got four left. Then you've got six shots with the um, heavy bolters. Four would hit, and then only one-ish, one or two would wound with minus one. You might get lucky. Yeah, you definitely could kill one Wraith Guard. Because even if you didn't roll super well and he had one wound left, you could almost reliably take one more wound off him. Hmm. So that bow, that bow Predator is only going to be killing one Wraith Guard. Unfortunately, by the time they kill those those eight, now unless they go after the the predator, yeah, I if they know, but if they know that the captain is going to do something to them, they would want to get rid of that captain, so they would have to kill the attack marines. Yeah, I think they'd go after the attack marines too, especially because that power fist is another threat. Man. I, my gut reaction is Blood Angels can't quite pull this out. No, it's, it's, it's just, it's a valiant effort, but I don't think they're going to win it. it at, at the end of the day, um, you know, at the end of the day, that captain's killing that Wraith Lord. If you had more than one turn, he's got a four up involve. The Wraith Lord hasn't, doesn't have anything. It might take him two turns, but statistically he's killing that dude. Yeah. I mean, well, if there's locked in combat, he's not getting his plus one to wound. Sure, but I mean, still wound on fours. He gets three or four, probably four attacks, wounded on fours. 
you're rolling ones to hit. I mean, he's. I think with no involvement in that Wraith Lord, he's reliably going to kill him in definitely two turns. Maybe if he's lucky, one turn, but definitely two. Um, and then the Warwalker, like I'm not even concerned about. If they ignore the the Blood Angel infantry, then that Bal Predator can help destroy that Warwalker. Warwalker's toughness five or six. Six. Six and six wounds with a four up save. Five up involved. Well, five up involved, but still, I mean. That Bell Predator is a good match for that Warwalker. Um, but the Wraith Guard, you're gonna have, you're gonna reliably kill like one Wraith Guard on the uh, with that Sergeant. In one turn of combat, you you kill one Wraith Guard, and they're probably gonna turn around and beat you on the head, you know, with four, three Wraith Guard left. Yeah, he's only one wound. I mean, I'm sure they have at least minus one in close combat. I'd, I'd be certain of it. Uh, yeah, I think their Wraith Fists or something yeah. like that does, does something. So, I think I think Eldar very, very narrowly pulled this out. What do you think? I agree. I think, I think at the end of the day, they'll have like two Wraith Guard left, maybe the Farseer, and maybe the Warwalker. I mean, if it went more than one turn... The Warwalker probably be dead too. So, man, that was. But you know what though? Here's the problem: is that 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 captain's got a four up in ball, so they can be minus four him all they want with those. Man, that's so hard. <coughs> that. Man, this is pretty brutal. <laughs> okay, you know what? I have my reservations, but we're just gonna say Eldar win. Yes. All right. Eldar win, but I'm not entirely positive of it. Because given a couple more turns, if we break our format, I think Blood Angels maybe could pull it out. Anyway. Yeah. Round number 11. The Eldar are still victorious, and this is bullshit, because I don't like Eldar. But. Let's get brutal. This is another edition of Get Brutal with the Pimpcron, where we discuss my 28mm skirmish war game that you use your own models and they're free rules. So, this is um, a segment where I am actually joined by Loremaster Alex today. Hey guys, how's it going? And we are going to discuss two new warbands that we are both making. Well, actually, mine is already made, but yours you are making now. Yeah. So, go ahead and start with yours. Uh, Samurai. Oh, yeah, so uh, when we were at Shorehammer, mm-hmm. uh, one of the vendors, and for the life of me, I must apologize, because they were a super nice couple, and I cannot remember their names. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah, but you know who you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were always, they're very polite, very friendly, and what they was cool is they brought just tubs of third-party miniatures. Metal models. Metal models Reaper, from Reapers, or... Bones, yep. uh, stuff like that um, Fantasy Flight put out in the day. And the Wizards of the Coast put out in the day, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And um, it was uh, the Legend of the Five Kingdoms, I think it was. Called. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's yeah. an old game. Yeah, it's like a it's a, a supplement book for D anD D. Oh, is that it? then got turned into its own game? Ah, oh. um, and it's basically the samurai Japanese and Chinese area of the D anD D world. So, and what are the models that you got? A bunch of samurais. I got one guy with a big Yumi bow, which is their long their long bow, so he's going to be my archer, possibly a sharpshooter. Nice. Um, I've got one guy with a Naginata, which is a big double-handed sword, something about either making him a berserker mm-hmm. or a breacher, 
And I've got um, one guy with just two samurai swords, which I'm thinking he's just going to be probably a grunt melee guy or maybe a leader. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I also have uh, a monk, like a Japanese-style monk with the staff. Uh-huh. He's going to be my wizard. Nice. Because, um, surprisingly, I didn't know this, but yeah, Bushito and stuff like that, there is actually magic belief of a magical system in Bushito, which is the religion of the samurai. Oh. And uh, so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And since magic does exist in this realm, they're going to be good old-fashioned sword and sorcery, but Japanese-y. Now, the first thing you said, um, when you said you were doing a samurai warband, I was like, oh, shit, they're probably not going to have any ranged. But you do have a bowman. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I was not expecting... Surprisingly, one of the big misconceptions in, from Hollywood is that the samurai were predominantly swordsmen. Yeah. But the samurai originally started as bowmen. They, mm. they would harden their skills as archers, which is something that nobody else could do back then, which is what made them so deadly hmm. against like peasants and stuff like that. Because you know, it would take a very long time to learn how to use one of their bows. Uh-huh. So the samurai... For all their purposes, that's how they became so deadly was that, oh, you're going to run at me with a weapon. Well, I'm just going to pluck your eyes out with a bow from like 50 miles out. Yeah. You know, so I love that idea. And they're not from Newport City. They're just a roving band. So they can be anywhere doing anything. They could be mercenary in some regards. Shoot, they could even work for the consortium. Uh Uh-huh. You know. So that's one of the things I really like about them is that it gives me a little bit of freedom to say, well, this is why they're here. This is why they're fighting your war band of your choosing. So they're going to be good guys, though. They're not going to be. Uh, they're going to be questionable morals. I mean, so what are they just for survival or mercs? Oh, okay. For the highest dollar. Okay, so like you said, that's that's pretty questionable. Yeah. Um, my uh, my war band is the Pumpkin Gang. Um, I have not actually named any of the characters, but um. Now I've seen this gang. Yeah. And fought against this gang. Yes. And I love this gang. <laughs> well, thank you. Their their colors, obviously, are orange and green. Yep. And they all, every single one of them, has a pumpkin for a head. So I specifically bought pumpkin heads from some company. I think it might Skybor? Scrybor? Yeah. Cybor? Whatever yeah, it's Cybor, called. Yeah. Um, and um, I bought pumpkin heads from them, and I just used a bunch of Heroclix and cut off their heads and put pump- pumpkins. And Wasn't course, one of them Yondu? Uh, one's Yondu. And I have a, um, I have a sorceress. Yondu's the leader. And, um, what actually caused me to think of this is that, um, I got the, it's like a swamp monster from Malifaux. Yeah. And he's this big swamp monster. He's full of, like, roots and mud and stuff. When we're joking around, it's like the Great Pumpkin from Charlie Brown. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Holy shit, it's the Great Pumpkin! (laughs) So they, they worship this guy. This thing's a big monster, and they call it the Pumpkin Demon, or the Halloween Demon. Yeah. And, um, so they all worship him, and what I did was I took a bunch of those pumpkin heads, cut them in half, so they were, like, sticking out of him. So he's, like, a walking pumpkin patch, like the yeah. Great Pumpkin. And, um, uh, I have a sorcerer in there, I've got a shield agent with a rifle, um, yeah. but of course repainted, um, I got a bunch of people in there. Wasn't got... one of them, like, you took a custom, you took a flamethrower from a Cadian shock trooper unit? Yes. So I took Jack-O-Lantern, yeah. uh, the old Spider-Man villain, and, um, and gave him a flamer. So, uh, yeah, he is the bane of my existence. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got the strap on the flamer and everything. Yeah. And, um, so anyway, I'm really happy with them. They're 100% for themselves. Um, they actually live in the, um, uh, a place called, uh, Nevermore in the southern area. We actually were in it in the RPG. Yeah. We, we, yeah. we, we tussled them a couple of times in the RPG. Yep. We fought them in the RPG. And, um, uh, they're cool. They're just thugs. Like, there's nothing. They're, they're, not they're out for themselves. Yeah. You know? So, um, 
Anyway, well, thank you for being on, Mr. Alex. It's always fun talking about brutality. Thanks for having me. And uh, you can contact me on facebook.com slash pimpcron or pimpcron at gmail.com. And, of course, you can call the voicemail. Please, somebody, dear God, call the voicemail. I would also like to thank all of my Patreon sponsors. And uh, if you would like to do that, please visit patreon.com slash pimpcron. And uh, thanks for listening to all of our jibber-jabber. And we will see you next Monday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.